Along in your Bible, our scripture reading this morning is from 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, and verse 12. 2 Chronicles 20, and verse 12. O our God, will you not judge them? But we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know what we ought to do, but our eyes are upon you. We have many that are on the roads uh, for this 4th of July weekend, and yet we're also blessed with a number of guests, and we are really thankful to have you with us today, and I pray that you will be encouraged in our Lord and you'll be strengthened in His Word for having been present. How we need to praise our way to victory. Does that sound like the way you live your life? I am a person who praises my way to victory, no matter what my trial, no matter what my circumstances might be. Does that sound like you? I have to admit that sometimes it doesn't sound that much like me. When you look at the book of Second Chronicles, it is probably the most underrated book in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles. But as always, there is precious treasure to be found in forgotten places. Second Chronicles is to the Old Testament what the book of Acts is to the New. Think about it that way. Because 2 Chronicles will never be an underrated and neglected book again when you think of 2 Chronicles in the same way you think of the book of Acts. What is the book of Acts? It is an inspired history of God's people that emphasizes what was done in His name and that is exactly what 2 Chronicles is. It is an inspired account of God's people that emphasizes the name of the Lord. There is a laser-like focus on God, His praise, and His worship in the book of 2 Chronicles. Open your Bibles to 2 Chronicles 20. Keep this New Testament truth in mind as we look at 2 Chronicles 20 this morning. Romans 15.4 says, The things written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. When we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we can have hope. Hope. Now let's focus on 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you take notes or if you write in your Bibles, at least I hope that you'll put this in your memory. Two words keep in mind when you think of 2 Chronicles 20. 
Total praise. Total praise. Praising our way to victory. This morning I'd like to look at ten truths. Ten truths for how to praise God all the way to victory. Using this passage, ten truths for praising God all the way to victory. Truth number one. See every problem as an opportunity to glorify God. See every problem as an opportunity to glorify God. When you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, here's how it begins. There is a king of Judah by the name of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, certainly a name we give our sons a lot nowadays. Jumping Jehoshaphat. But in 2 Chronicles 17 verse 3 and 2 Chronicles 17 and verse 10, he is referred to as a good king who walked in the way of David. And during his reign, there was a reform, a revival of sorts that was taking place. And Jehoshaphat was the catalyst for this. But when you get to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 you're going to find out that when a person stands with God, a person may well have a lot of enemies. And the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Munites, a really diverse alliance of enemies comes together to take out Jehoshaphat and God's people. I know many of you, I know something of the trials and problems that some of you are facing. Any way you look at it, they're big. And you might even feel as if you are surrounded by difficulties in your life. Every every problem is an opportunity to honor and glorify God. Count it all joy when you encounter trials. James 1 verse 2. Man born of woman is but a few days and full of trouble. Job 14 verse 1. When you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verses 1 and 2... There's a lot there to which people today can relate. We may feel engulfed by struggle and trouble. But every problem and trial is an opportunity to honor God. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this behalf. 1 Peter 4 and verse 16. For every one of these main points, I also want to give you a hymn title. After all, if we're talking about praising our way to victory, it makes sense that when you find yourself engulfed with problems, surrounded by trouble, every problem 
is an opportunity to honor our Lord. And not only that, every problem is an opportunity to conform us more to the image of Jesus. Romans 8, 29. Anything that will make us more like our Lord, even when it's a trouble or struggle, is ultimately for our good. Amen. Now here's the hymn. I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you, holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. I'm convinced that at least in the last few years, many of us have been more in awe of our troubles and our struggles and the condition of this world than maybe we've been in awe of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. I stand in awe of you. Secondly, look at verses 3 and 4. If the first truth, if we would praise our way to, to, to victory, is that we see every problem as an opportunity to honor and glorify God... The second truth is this. Seek His face. Seek His face. Notice what the passage says in 2 Chronicles 20 verses 3 and 4. It says that Jehoshaphat was afraid. I am glad that the Bible talks about the humanity of good people. Because sometimes our struggle, our problem, our difficulty does cause us to be afraid. It takes us aback. We didn't see that coming. But when you look here, he was afraid, but he knew exactly to whom to take his fears. He took his fears to God. Notice what the text says. He was afraid, but it also says he set his heart to seek the face of God. He set his heart to seek the face of God. And what that means, brothers and sisters and friends, is this, that with every fiber of his being, every ounce of his energy, everything that made him the person that he was, even though he was afraid and encountering a big problem, he wasn't simply focused on the big problem. He was even more focused on seeking the face of God. How much better off we would be today if we followed that truth more. And notice what he does. You know, we hear people talking about our nation and its troubles, and I understand that, and I am very sympathetic when people talk about the direction of this country and how often things have gone the wrong direction rather than a God-honoring direction. However... We need to seek His face, God's face. Jehoshaphat did, and notice this. It says he declared a fast, and that all Judah came together to be established in the Lord and to seek Him, to seek His face. 
Here's what I want you to understand. Jehoshaphat realized he needed to seek the face of God, but he encouraged others to do this too. Wouldn't it be great if some of our political leaders got the idea, you know, we need to seek God's face on this, and we need to encourage the entire nation to seek the face of God too. Wouldn't that be a marvelous occasion? Whether that ever happens or not, the people of God seek God's face and we ought to encourage others to do the same too. Because that is where peace, that is where comfort can be found in seeking the face of the Lord. Let me put it this way. You are never going to be wrong to counsel somebody to seek the face of the Lord. You're never going to be wrong to encourage them to seek the face of the Lord. You are only going to be wrong if you don't. Jehoshaphat knew he needed to seek the face of the Lord and he encouraged the country to do the same thing. And there was a marvelous response. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and verse 16, we can go boldly to the throne of His grace and find grace to help and mercy in time of need. If you'd praise your way to victory and you want to know how to do it, seek His face. Here is the hymn. Here's the song of praise that might be sung by God's people today. Seek you first. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Third, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 through 7. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 5 through 7. Remind yourself of God's past faithfulness. If you and I would praise our way to victory today, we need to remind ourselves of God's past faithfulness. And really what this is all about is God's omnipotence, His being all-powerful, and our confidence that God will do what is right. That's what you're seeing here in these verses, verses 5 through 7. God is awesome and He is great. No one can stand against Him. The world is facing some big troubles. Individually, you may be facing some big problems. I found myself at an age where some of the problems I've faced have been big, king-sized problems. I recall a number of years going to preach for a congregation, leaving a good work and going to preach for a congregation when my family was quite young. The preacher had been put in prison and he's still there to the best of my knowledge for immorality, for sexual sin, for molesting minors. 
And when I moved to that congregation so many years ago, I was just hoping that we could cut our losses. Because, Adam, you go into that type of situation, you know people are going to be leaving. People are hurting. And in that particular case, it's as if God said, you just come here and preach the Word of God and leave the rest of it to me. Because not only did the church not just curtail down to almost nothing, the church doubled in size in a year and a half. And the only way I can account for it is God. There are problems so gigantic and so enormous that you simply have to say that without you I cannot face this. Therefore seek His face and recall His past faithfulness. And you know, I was thinking about that very incident just the other day. No matter what problems we face, all of us can go back in our minds and our memories to the past and see how that God has been faithful. God will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. Why? God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God is faithful who shall establish you and guard you, keep you from the wicked one. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. We commit our souls unto Him as unto a faithful creator. 1 Peter 4, 19. 1 John 1, 7 and 8. He is faithful and just to forgive us all sins as we walk in the light. Here's the song to remember for these verses. Here's the song to remember for verses 5 through 7. Great is thy faithfulness. Now stop and think about this. The tendency when you and I encounter trouble is to make the problem too big. I stand in awe of you. God, not I stand in awe of you, my problem. Think about seeking the face of God rather than seeking to focus on the problem or struggle. Think about recalling the faithfulness of God rather than quickly forgetting how God has been so faithful and good to us through the years. Truth number four. Look, if you will... At verses 8 through 11, embrace God's promises. Embrace God's promises. Verses 8 through 11. You are not going to embarrass God to claim His promises. But you will likely embarrass yourself if you don't. As a Christian, you're not going to embarrass God for claiming His promises. And really what is being said here by Jehoshaphat is this. Lord, these people have come here to overwhelm us, to destroy us, when sometime before we had spared them. And this is the land that you have given us. You have promised us. When we find ourselves sorely troubled, 
by king-sized problems. Claim God's promises. Cast all your care upon Him. He cares for you. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. I'm with you always. That's the idea. Here's the song to remember. Standing on the promises of God. Whenever I am really struggling with difficulty in my life, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Claim it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Claim that promise. Hope is an anchor for our souls and it is impossible for God to lie. Hebrews 6 verses 18 and 19 claim those promises. Exceeding great and precious promises they are. 2 Peter 1 verses 3 and 4. Number 5. You know you can kind of claim these promises and basically say, get out of here. I may have to deal with this, but I am not going to allow my mind to be consumed with this struggle, with this problem. Get out of here. I'm claiming this promise of my Lord. Number five. Love this section. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Look at verses 12 and 13. This was read for us in our scripture reading by Steve just a few moments ago. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And guess what? That can also be the hymn title. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Oh God, will you not judge them? We are powerless. We do not know what to do. Our eyes are upon you. I love the last statement. Our eyes are on you. I wonder sometimes as Christians if our eyes are not on the enemy more than the Lord. I wonder sometimes as Christians if our eyes are not on ourselves more than the Lord. Our eyes are on you. It's a matter of focus. Think of the humility of a king saying, will you not judge them when he is the judge of the land? When he says, we are powerless and yet he is the commander-in-chief. He says, we do not know what to do. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Listen to me. If you love Jesus and are serious about Christianity, the devil will not leave you alone. The Moabites, the Ammonites, the Munites, Satan's minions will try to get you wrong with God. And I want to be pretty honest about it. Jehoshaphat is facing this struggle with enemies precisely because 
He's needing to learn to trust in God. And maybe we do more too. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will exalt you. Be clothed with humility, 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Number 6. If we would praise our way to victory, responsibility equals our response to God's ability. Look, if you will, at verses 14 through 17. Responsibility equals our response to God's ability. A man by the name of Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, speaks. And when you look at verse 14 and you look at verse 17, he repeats himself at the beginning and at the close of his prophetic statement. He says, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Do you see that? One of the most common commandments in all of the Bible is do not be afraid. In preparing for this lesson, I noticed that the statement do not be afraid, do not fear is found approximately 365 times in Scripture. You know what? We need that statement every day of the year. Amen? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. And notice what he says. He says that the Lord will fight. There's no need for you to fight. Stand and see the salvation of God. And it's just like Moses in Exodus 14, 14. Or crossing the sea in Exodus 15 and verse 3. Those that are the enemies of God's people can be dealt with by God. And think about 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 47 when you've got... David against a giant. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The battle belongs to the Lord. And when you look at this section, Jehaziel goes on to say, Tomorrow, go out and face your adversary. God will be with you. Mark that. We can have courage to face our adversaries, our difficulties. God with us. Look, if you will, before I get out of this, think of this song. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent word. What more can He say than to you He has said? You who unto Jesus for refuge have fled. How firm a foundation. Jehaziel is just speaking as a man of God when all of this is going on and all of Israel is present there in Judah and they're getting this message. God will be with us. You need not fight. 
God's going to take care of things. Look at verses 18 and 19. And I love this passage and where it comes. Listen up, y'all. We'll get through the rest of this. And we'll do it victoriously. Prioritize worship. Nothing will better equip us for the greatest conflicts that we'll face in life than the worship and praise of God. I believe as I reflect on my own life, some of the times when I've really struggled with conflict and difficulty, I can go back and see how there was not enough worship and praise. Focus on 18 and 19 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Prioritize worship. The king when you look at these verses, is face down. I wonder how many times the people of the nation had seen the political leader face down, just down with his face toward God. And it says the rest of the nation fell down. And it says of the Levites, they stood and all together they sounded, they sang with a very loud voice. What a moving worship time that must have been. But the focus was on God. A lot of people in the church want to focus on the work. A lot of people in the church want to focus on the warfare and where it's a battle out there. And there is a place for properly focusing on each of those. But the real priority of place must be given to worship and praise. We fall because we lack a proper sense and practice of worship. Here's the song. Oh, worship the King. Oh, worship the King. Number eight, look at verses 20 and 21. It says, Early the next morning, they went to meet the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Munites, the Edomites. And Jehoshaphat says, Listen. Put your trust in the Lord and you will be established. Put your trust in the prophets and you will succeed. Give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness endures forever. There comes a time when we got to trust and obey. That's what's happening in these verses. And notice the emphasis still, trust the Lord, trust His messengers, and no success. The song I chose for that one is Faith is the Victory. You might just keep trust and obey there. But any way one looks at it, 
We respond to the ability of God, but there comes a time when a person must respond. Even in becoming a Christian, one is responding to the ability of God to do what He promised to do in Christ, but one still has to respond in faith and repentance and baptism. Number 9, look at verses 22 and 23. No matter what the outcome, we are still more than conquerors. No matter what the outcome, we are still more than conquerors. You know, sometimes a person gets cancer and despite all the prayers, they pass away. Despite prayers for the country that have often been made... Sometimes I wonder if this country is irredeemable, that we've gone too far. No matter what the outcome, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37 through 39. And here's what happened. Normally in this type of warfare, you had ambushes. You would catch somebody when they were not quite aware, if you could, to minimize loss of of life uh, among your own people. But here's what happens. They go to the battle site. They have worshipped God. They are praising God. And when they get to the site, there's nothing there but a bunch of corpses a bunch of dead bodies. God has already been at work. And He works this way in this instance. It was kind of a diverse and weird alliance with the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites in the first place. And here's what happens. The Moabites and the Ammonites turn on the Edomites the Munites, and they killed them all. And then the Moabites and the Ammonites turn on one another. And so when God's people get there, they see that their enemies have bitten and devoured one another. They've destroyed each other. We often emphasize rightly, God is our king. We need to emphasize even more that, God is, that God's not just the king of kings, but he is the warrior of warriors. Nobody wins who stands against God. Here's the song. The battle belongs to who? To the Lord. They were already told they wouldn't have to fight. You need not fight. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us can stand. Isaiah 54 and verse 17, lastly. Number 10. 
Look at verses 24 through 26 of 2 Chronicles 20. Enjoy the blessings. Enjoy the blessings. Here's what they got to do. All of the spoils of war were there. Gold and silver, swords, etc. All theirs as God's people for the taking. They didn't fight the battle. They didn't win the battle. But they got to enjoy the blessings of victory. The song I put down right here is, O Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. O thou fount of every blessing. And look at what they called the place. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 24 through 26, they called the valley the valley of Barakah. Barakah. The valley of the blessing of the Lord. Let me ask you, you ever had some valleys? Ron, you ever have a valley or two? Steve Mills, you ever have a valley or two you faced? Hey, Lynn, you faced any valleys lately? Every valley, we should say, is Barakah. Because in every valley, we see the blessing that ultimately gives us victory. This is a great chapter. I hope it's blessed you as we've studied it this day. Let's pray together. God, help us to not focus on our problems and difficulties. Help us not to be overwhelmed by them and engulfed by them. May we seek your face. May we seek your will. May we invest more time in worship and praise and prayer. Because you are worthy of all the worship and praise and prayer. We need your counsel and strength. And God, may we praise our way all the way home to glory. Where we will forever praise you in eternity. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus who defeated Satan and sin so that we could be with you forever. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you are not a Christian, you need victory in Christ. If you're not a Christian through faith and repentance and baptism, you can have your sins forgiven, you can put on Christ, you can be added to the church of Jesus Christ. For those of us who are Christians, the lesson is ours, all of us. How will you deal with life's struggles? How will you do it? Choose wisely because you can make choices that make your life even more miserable or more full of God in Christ alone. Let's stand and sing.